Hey folks, Holly here from ARC Social Media. Welcome to ARC's Business Boost here on CFTA. Today is Saturday, January 18th, and I am joined today by Deanne Fitzpatrick of Deanne Fitzpatrick's Rug Hooking Studio. Many of you in the community are very well acquainted with Deanne. She's well known internationally, really, for the work that she does, and it is a privilege to be able to give her a call and say, Deanne, can I come over and we'll record a show? And she says yes at the drop of a hat. So Deanne and I are sitting in her studio right now and she's just rug hooking away while yep. we're going to chat about business. So Deanne, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. It's fun to have you, Holly. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming here so I can make a rug while we're talking. My so pleasure. Nice. I like to get out of the office anyway. Yeah. That's yeah. good. It's good for us all. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. So you've been in business here in Amherst for how many years? Well, including my time in Brookdale, which mm. I consider part of, you know, it's the outside of Amherst, almost 30 years. Really? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Incredible. I started, no, no, that's not quite true. 27. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 27. And you, because before you were doing this, you were a professional in a different yep. realm altogether, right? Yeah. 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 I did some counseling. Yeah. So what made you want to switch? I just fell into this, really. It was just, I started hooking rugs as a hobby really mm. and I just I just wanted to do it all the time and I still feel that way you know I can see that less now yeah right yeah, yeah. but uh, you know probably less now than I did then then I had a real compulsion to because I had so many things that I wanted to make but so now I still want to hook rugs yeah but then it was like now I can do it whenever I want right right so and then, then it was, it was like, like anytime I was, had a chance I was, yeah scrounging for time Wow. Yeah. Would you say it started as a self-care kind of thing? Like a Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, kind of. Like kind of a curiosity kind of thing. Yeah. Old house, rugs, you know, I don't know. It was like the time of country. It was yeah. 1990, I think. So it was... And you live in uh, an old I started, country I live home. in an old country house yeah. and it was, you know, it was like the time when country living and was sort in of Vogue. stylish. Yeah. Vogue. <laughs> I wanted mats for that floor and they were like falling apart at auctions. Okay. And they were really expensive. So you were hooking rugs for floors, not for decorative uh, purposes? Initially, yeah. I was oh, hooking wow. rugs for floors. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what never thought to make a wall hanging. Yeah. And, and now that's what you do and they yeah, sell for now. big money because you're an artist. Didn't you yeah. go to NASCAD or something? No. Too? No. I went to Acadia. Okay. Yeah. And that was for the counseling program? That was for the counseling program. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So you don't have any like formal art training? I have no formal art training. That's incredible. Like nothing. Once I took a watercolor course with Shirley Holly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And that was fun. I do really liked it. Do you still do it. watercolor at all? No, no. No, I do paint. I do encaustic painting sometimes. What's encaustic painting? Encaustic is painting with wax. Oh, nice. Yeah. You melt beeswax yeah. and you tint it with oil paint. And cool. Then yeah. I like that because then it's got like a lot of texture. It's got a lot of life, texture, yeah. Which yeah. is how how your rugs are kind of known too. They have a lot of texture. They have a lot of texture, yeah. Yeah, yeah they it's, do. It's neat how many different styles there are for rug hooking because so many people yeah. are like the really clean, tight ones. That's and right. Are, yep. I mean, you guys obviously can't see this listening, but the rug she's working on right now has all kinds of different types of wool and all kinds of different textures and nuances to it. Yeah. They're just beautiful. There. Thank you. There's a lot of texture. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of lumps. Like mm -hmm. it's like, and so mm, encaustic yeah. painting is like that too. There's yeah. a lot of drips and dribbles and yeah, yeah. kind of organic. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which it yeah. sounds like is how your business grew too. Yes, mm. it is. Yeah. Organic. Part of your whole personality. It is mm. really. Yeah, definitely. That's how yours is growing too, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the way, when you said I kind of fell into it, that's how I describe ARC. I tripped into it. I tripped yeah. into the opportunity. Just Kathy Chapel said, Holly, will you do my Facebook post for me? Yeah. And Ark was born. Yeah. And yeah. that's just as simple as it is. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. you just figure it out as you go. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Okay, so you started out just doing this for fun. Yep. In your house. Yep. And then you developed that big studio that you had in the back of the house. Yeah. I started with a trunk, <laughs> and I had a $2,000 loan from my mother, <laughs> and God love her. And I had a trunk, and then after the trunk filled up, I bought a an armoire. It's still in the basement here with two doors, so that when someone came in my living room, I could just open the armoire or mm -hmm. open the trunk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I did it. And so, what so, I, so when you say when someone came, you could open it. Yeah, like uh, if someone came to the house to buy something to buy okay then so that the house was my house right that was before and I the armoire was your nice shop study of what and, and, the armoire was and my shop. armoire was my shop exactly <laughs> that's exactly what it was yeah mm -hmm. so you know I can still remember what I sold out of there like mm -hmm. it, you know and so I started out with one idea that I would sell rug hooking supplies to rug hookers but I hook differently right mm -hmm. so a lot of the things that I was selling weren't really things that I used myself. Mm -hmm. You know, they were like really, they just like swatches with great like gradations and that's just not how I work. So I kind of somehow in between there, the idea of kits came up, kits of rugs, the way I make them. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in there, I started doing that. I don't know exactly when, but maybe, maybe year two or something like that. Like so, it was really, I started out with one idea. Right. And that idea really didn't, that has, that idea has nothing to do with my business. I can today. totally relate because I know I'm going in a completely different direction than how this has all started. Yeah. And I don't exactly. know what that direction is going to be quite yet, but I know we're, I'm morphing. Yeah. 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 Okay. So back up a minute. So when you first started selling things, so what was your first sale? How did you come uh, about selling things? Okay. So the first thing I sold was one of my rugs. Okay. So I used to sell my rugs, right. like I'd make small but how did you start selling? Did you just Oh, I sold to my sister. Okay. That's how I started selling. Did you just hook your thumb? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I hooked my thumb. And now I'm going to suck it for a little bit. <laughs> I do that once in a while. I bet you do. <laughs> anyway, I started selling to my sister, Joan. My sister, Joan, was mm -hmm. one of the first people who bought my rugs. And then I did a couple of craft shows. And I guess I told people that I had a little business and that I was mm -hmm. buying and selling supplies. So, like, I would have backing okay. and binding and so it was all like just that. kind of like word of mouth yeah it was all yet. just there was no I think I might have at some point put an ad in the rug hooking guild newsletter or something like that but okay. it was mostly word of mouth right yeah yeah for sure and you started out selling rugs that you didn't really weren't your thing like uh, you, no so, I sold I sold supplies that weren't really my thing okay. so like, why did you sell special, supplies that weren't your thing because that's what I thought the market warranted Aha, because that's right. what I thought it needed and we did sell those like yeah. I mean we never got stuck with any or anything right but as time went on I developed sort of an interest in the way that I made rugs mm -hmm. that just happened mm -hmm. right I didn't know that there would be that interest it yeah. wasn't like something I set out to do right I never want I still don't want people to hook rugs like I hook them I want them to hook like yeah. they hook them yeah you know but it's part of the way you do them that has made you so successful that's because right it's you in them yeah it, it was just people responded to them mm. so I was given an award from the Canada Council at one point, and then I had a show at the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, and I what wrote was the a award for? book. It was like a Canada Council grant to create a body of work about resettlement in Newfoundland. Oh, cool. So I thought that I needed to use that money for something really good, mm -hmm. and so I used it to build a studio on the back end mm -hmm. of my house so right. that I would have a working studio, and that 
so that I could create some kind of business so that I could be an artist, mm -hmm. but I could support myself. It was really important to me to have mm. my own income. That was always important. Right. Yeah. So, okay, the, the, I'm hearing a couple of things I want to ask about. Yeah. So for one, you said we weren't selling. We You're referring back to those days when it was just you, but you're saying we. And who are you referring to when you say we? When I refer to we, it was just me then, mm -hmm. but the studio has grown. Right. And I have a nice little community here right. that works with me now. Right. So I do think of we because Even I... Even back then, you think of... Your the business as we early on I hired someone yeah okay. that's a good point I never even thought of. I think I'm just referring to it as a we because the it's a, it's we, a we now, now. yeah more than because I I refer to Ark as we yeah because it's me and Ark yeah, <laughs> yeah. do you know okay. what I mean that's how yeah. I think of it yeah I never thought of it that way but mm. that's a good way of thinking of it mm. yeah I do I do but it was just me but you know really early on like my children were really little mm. like they were three McCall was maybe three or four when I mm. first hired someone mm -hmm. to and it was Donna Farrell oh yeah? yeah yeah who runs the Savoy kitchen and Donna and I worked together for a long time and she always says it was a long time ago because Mikhail told her that he didn't really like her ponytails which is mine because <laughs> hers <laughs> so he, he wasn't in school <laughs> that's so cute and how old is Mikhail now oh Mikhail's in his mid-20s yeah mid -20s so, and so it was the, a long the other family ago. shop What's that? And running the other family. And running the Mansours, yeah, the Mansours, with his father, yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. I got to get a plug in there. Of course. So it was a long time ago. So I hired someone really early. Mm -hmm. And before that, I would hire someone just to bind my rugs and mm -hmm. I'd send them out and get them bound. I knew really early on, and Linda Corbett, another woman who was my neighbor at the time, mm -hmm. she used to help me like package cards and stuff. And she would work okay. like two and three hours a week. Yeah. I learned really early that I needed help because yeah. there was things I didn't like doing. Yeah. And... If I could get someone to help me do those things, then I had time to do, to do things love. that I loved. Yeah, and that, yeah. the things that Which really would have been hooking rugs. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Cool. there was a wee pretty early on, but it was a really tiny wee. Yeah, you know, it would be like it wasn't like Donna wasn't a full time employee. She used to come in like three right. afternoons or something for three hours, something <laughs> That's like so that. That's funny. I don't Nine like your, your ponytail as much as mommy. <laughs> <laughs> So that tells you how long ago it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah. Donna still tells that story all the time. I so. bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's a plug for the Savoy Kitchen, too. There you go. Great yeah. food there. I love yeah. their stuff. Yeah, it is yeah. good food. Okay. So then you were working out of the back of your house for how long? Well, that went on until my children were teenagers. Like, So I moved in here about 11 years ago or is maybe that it? 12. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. so I did that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And when I was raising my kids, I didn't work there in the summer. I hired this woman. Her name was Joanna Close. Mm -hmm. And she would come and we would only be open nine to three Wednesday to Saturday mm -hmm. in the studio. And people would come to buy rugs mm -hmm. like tourists would come to buy rugs because I went to this thing called the Nova Scotia Folk Art Festival. Mm -hmm. And just and I advertised at that point. I was on the Studio Rally, which was a map of artists in the province. Mm -hmm. This was pre-internet, right? So just slowly built. And yeah. so I would hire Joanna, and I would just go to the beach or be with my kids or whatever. Mm. And so I would, nice. yeah, I would try to just have fun. And I would hook. I would hook rugs like crazy. Right. I want to go back to the award thing for a minute. Yeah. How did you? apply for that award how did you find out about it how when did you start thinking of yourself as an artist well oh that was how did that happen i don't know i don't i just kind of got that impression maybe that i might be mm. yeah i i didn't really it wasn't 
right away, but I started designing my own rugs right away, but that was an economy thing. I thought, mm -hmm. I don't want to buy patterns. I think I could draw simple yeah. designs. Yeah. So I would just draw them. And so that didn't really start out as artistic expression as much as it started out as, you know, just being frugal. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so I started somewhere along the way, I started sending pictures to like galleries and stuff. Hmm. Started sending photographs of my rugs just to see what they thought. Yeah. Was that scary for you? Was that like a vulnerable thing? Yeah, oh, it absolutely yeah. is still vulnerable today. Like yeah. I send things out today and you just get the letter that says, oh, no, that's yeah, so not really our yeah. thing. Or yeah. I, I think I always knew that whatever response I got, it was subjective. Yeah. I've always known that. Yeah. Like that's if you good. get apply for a job and you don't get it, it's just subjective. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're not a really fantastic person. It doesn't even mean that you're not fantastic for that job. Mm -hmm. But it's just so everything was so I always knew that. That's good. Which is that's a, good a hard thing. perspective that's a hard. to hang on to for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. And it isn't easy mm. to feel that way. Mm. But you have to work at it, yeah. you know. That probably could come with a certain spiritual foundation as well. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know if I had that then. Really? I think I have that now. Okay. But I don't know if I had that then. Okay. I, you know, I guess I'm thinking young. about the way I think and like, yeah, that's, maybe. that's how I remove myself from, you know, that kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's through, you know, I guess how I, my perspective on the world or whatever, but yeah. Anyways, it's an admirable trait because it's not easy to not take things personally, especially when you're putting your yeah. vulnerable art out there. Oh, I take all kinds of other things personally. Yeah. <laughs> Don't well, get let's me talk wrong. About that no, I don't want to talk about that. But like, I can't stand meetings. I can't go to meetings because I just think, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I, you know what I mean. I yeah, just feel I don't like, know what you, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds. So I'm not like, I haven't got that figured out, Holly. Right. I just want you to be sure. But when it came to my artwork, I was able to separate myself from it a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. But also, I had really good response. Like yeah. I was just lucky. Yeah. I don't know. It was just the right. Sometimes, you know. I don't think it'd be easy now, mm. but like I would send it a pictures to a magazine and they would respond to it. Some mm -hmm. people where they were seeing things in it. And I think I still see things like I'm seeing something in this thing that I'm making right now. Yeah. That makes me happy. Yeah. And I think other people see that yes. in the work sometimes yeah. and it makes me feel good. So I think other people could see that and I was lucky. So like once when I sent, I sent a, a picture, a bunch of pictures, like photographs, bad photographs mm -hmm. to the Canadian Museum of Civilization. Like, mm -hmm. And I got a call. Oh, the first one was the Art Gallery Nova Scotia. I sent it to the Art Gallery Nova Scotia and they called one afternoon and it was home. It was like a snowy, I think, winter afternoon. And I answered the phone and the picture, the rug was on the wall beside me and it was uh, the registrar, I think, or a curator from there. And they said they were interested in purchasing this rug. And I was like, well, I don't think so. Cause that's my own rug. It's on my wall and I really like it. Mm -hmm. I don't think I want to sell that one. So, and, but thank you. I mm -hmm. really appreciate it. And then I hung up the phone and I said to Robert, uh, someone wanted to buy that rug, you know? And I said, what's the art gallery in Nova Scotia? And he said, call them right back and sell it. Mm -hmm. You need to sell that rug. That's a big thing. If they want to buy that, it's a mm -hmm. big deal. But I didn't really understand, you know, like I, I was naive. Mm -hmm. I wasn't stupid. I was mm -hmm. educated and, and uh, it sounds stupid. I don't want to make you think that I was really naive. I was, I was not so naive that I wasn't sending the, pi I was sending the pictures out. So mm -hmm. I wasn't naive mm -hmm. in that way, but I was naive about the process of what it is for galleries to acquire your work. Right. Mm -hmm. So I call them right back. Back up a bit. So yeah. you're naive about the process of, of that. So what is the process I didn't, of that? Well, 
Like they don't, like galleries don't. They don't just ask anybody just, if they can buy their they work. No, right? I mean, it's hard to even get them to take, to yeah. gift them a piece of work, yeah. right? And uh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. And so I, I called them right back and I said, no, I, I changed my mind. And they said, okay, well, it's not a definite thing that we bought. It has to go before the acquisitions committee and mm -hmm. you have to send us more pictures. And so I did all that and then they purchased it. Mm. And it was really lovely that deal. they had. It was a big deal. Yeah. And so when they purchased that, I knew that there was something special, right? Yeah. It reinforced it. Yeah. And so then the Canadian Museum of Civilization, I sent off uh, pictures to them. And it was the same thing. They called and I had a boy in a high chair. So this was really early on, yeah. right? And the rice was, something was boiling over on the stove <laughs> and it was 5.30 and children were like, it was just me and Mikhail. So, mm. and he was, you know, wanting his supper like a little boy and, mm -hmm. and in a high chair and, and the radio was on. It was just a rain, dark, rainy night. And this man called Magnus Einarsson, I'll never forget him. He said, we want to buy this particular rug. And I said, I then by that time I knew that was wasn't good that I didn't have it. I said, I'm sorry, it's sold like someone. Yeah. Someone owns it. Yeah. It was actually Lori Glenn's mother, Lori, who was the curator of the museum at the time. She had bought it for her mother. And so I wasn't going to get that back. Mm. And I said, could I make you something else? And he said, yes you can. Wow. Right. And they let me make them something else and they bought a piece. So then I had really strong messages. Yeah. Right. Big time. Yeah. Cause I mean, how many artists ever <laughs> are asked so to be amazing. To, yeah. Right. And then I had a show at the art gallery in Nova Scotia. Yeah. So this all happened, I think before 1997 or 98, mm -hmm. like it was early, early on. So mm -hmm. I got a really, I have just really good luck mm. and that kind of, I mean, I worked hard, but I had great good fortune mm -hmm. and that kind of good fortune just, it uh, strengthened my courage, mm -hmm. you know, to sort of just put myself out there a little more. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I don't yeah. think it was luck. It, there's some <laughs> luck involved. There's, it, I want I don't know if it's luck or timing yeah. or just like the, that subjectivity mm -hmm. I talked to you about, mm -hmm. like someone else might've opened those letters and they mm -hmm. might've got put in another pile mm -hmm. because that person yeah. didn't respond to them. Yeah. So I think it's, there's always, an element of good fortune, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think. for sure. Yeah. But, you know, you have to be making something that's interesting. Yeah. And you do that by making it right from your heart, right? Yes. And people so. can feel that. Because yeah, you, I hope so. as much as your style is known, you are known, you are very much your brand. Yes, Would I am. Say? It is, I'd say. Well, it's Deanne Fitzpatrick Studio. There so you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. What was your first book? first book that was the other thing i called and said to nimbus i kind of i think i'd like to write a book on rug hooking and over the phone the publisher said yes now that never happened so, no right <laughs> so before you even had like the actual book like outline in your head you called them like you just called up nimbus yeah i called up nimbus Where and i talked to this woman named dorothy bly and she said well we've been thinking about doing a book on rug hooking I'll imagine that <laughs> Go figure. and i said well i i'd like to write it and she said well there was a woman doris eaton who was thinking about writing one and I knew Doris and we were friends. So I called Doris and she said, you know, I went away for three months and I tried to write it. Like I focused on it one yeah. summer and she said, I, I'm not going to, it's yeah. really not for me. Yeah. So it's great. So I, I wrote this book called the history and method of rug hooking in Atlantic Canada. Huh. And Dorothy Bly came up with a title called hook me a story. Mm. And uh, it was a great title and it's still in print today. And mm. that's an old book. That's mm. almost 20 years old. Wow. So 1999 it's, 
I think it was. So wow. that's, that's, is that's 20, one years old. How many copies would you say have been sold? I don't know really, yeah. but I mean, over, I mean, thousands and thousands. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't know when they reprint it now, if they do three or two, but right. I mean, it's well over 10 or 15. Yeah. I know that. That's cool. So that's got a lot of people rug hooking that mm -hmm. book. Yeah. Amherst seems to be a bit of a rug hooking Mecca. There's a real fabric art. Thing. Yeah, there is with the fiber art festival, yeah. and yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, people are interested yeah. in it for sure. There's yeah, a, a definite yeah. fiber heartbeat here. Yeah, there is. That's a nice way to say it. So, how, how did you learn about the history and method of rug hooking? In so I researched, yeah. right? I, I do you like research. Are you a yeah, research kind, kind of person? Of, well, I was then. Mm. I it was the way I wrote then. Mm -hmm. So I graduated right with a political science degree and then mm -hmm. a counseling degree. So I knew how to write a paper. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, this is really What's no different than writing a paper. Yeah. I just got to write it with warmth and interest mm -hmm. rather than academically. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that would be more one. So I researched it and yeah, I just talked to people and yeah. called people and found out whatever I could. Mm -hmm. And I, there was some, at that time there was, you could access things online. Mm -hmm. So I did, I remember reading some things online, but mostly I read from other books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it was good. Mm. I mean, that was, I don't know where I got the books. I ordered them, I guess. Yeah. You called people and wrote away. You'd write away and order things. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Weird. Yeah. So strange. It's so strange know, how much it it's all changed. That's it has. I know. It's nuts. I know. It is so odd. So what kind of books do you write now? And so how do you write them? If Because you, you said before you used to do a lot of research. research. So now I write I've only ever written about rug hooking, really. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I've ever written about. But with an inner beauty lens. Yeah, yeah. kind of. The, the theme These of the studio anyway. is create beauty every day. And that happened about, I don't know, 12 or 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. A friend and I were sitting down and we said, she said, you're doing more than hooking rugs. Yeah. It's something else. Yeah. So the logo of the studio is create beauty every day. Mm -hmm. So I write about that, mm -hmm. I guess. I write about, uh, like the last book is called Making a Life. And it was about making art and making a life mm -hmm. kind of, you know, so it was like little vignettes from 25 years and then a collection of my rugs. Yeah. Uh, the book inspired rug hooking is a collection of stories and how to, and right. then some, so sometimes I write how to, mm -hmm. and then sometimes I write more like, ref, I would say it's kind of uh, reflective vignettes, Yeah. you know, yeah. like I'm not writing any novels or anything. And so you also have another business. Yes. Church, I have clothing. a women's clothing store. Mm -hmm. And that opened five years ago. Is or it only five years? It's only five wow. years, yeah. But I think it's sort of been become a, a nice part, a nice fabric of the community. Yes. And, and I work in that part-time myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are uh, some other people. Barb Carter works there mm -hmm. and Amber St. Ange and Susan works there and does like all our bra fittings and mm -hmm. stuff. And she works here too, Susan does. Oh, does she? Yeah, a little bit. And so, and Sherry Cormier, Keith's wife, works mm -hmm. there. And Irene Chevrier works there a little mm -hmm. bit. So mm -hmm. we have a nice little team. And over there are, I think it's really still part of my whole create beauty everyday philosophy. Yeah, to be say. honest with you, yeah. it is. So we just believe that all women are beautiful, that taking care of yourself is important, mm -hmm. that, yeah, and, and we try to, you know, I think probably about 40% of our products are Canadian made mm -hmm. and we have shoes and clothes and we just help women look and feel their best. That's mm. our goal there. Really. And how was that idea born? I've always loved clothes, mm -hmm. right? So when I 
it's always been a thing. There was a period there where I only wore Levi's, it seemed like. And, and overalls. And overalls, yes, <laughs> my overall days. I can't forget those. But there, before that, when I was a younger woman, I loved clothes. Yeah. And probably until I had kids. And then probably there's like a 15-year period in there where I didn't care. Yeah. And then I got interested again. And Gordon's Ladies Wear was closing. And my husband has a menswear clothing mm-hmm. store. So Mansour, so it just made sense to open a business that, like the community needed mm-hmm. an independent women's clothing mm-hmm. store. I just felt that it needed it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I, Robert taught me a lot about mm-hmm. how to do it, I bet. of course, yeah. you know, because yeah. uh, I didn't really know much about that business. Well, Mansour's has been passed down in the family. He yes, grew up that's with right. That. Yeah. It's almost 100 years old, right? Yeah. So, uh, so that's so he taught me how to do it, and then I waded my way through as best I could with mm-hmm. the rest of it, and mm-hmm. it, it's been good. Mm-hmm. I think people like it and respond to it, mm-hmm. and we have really we have a lot of really beautiful, great customers, and mm-hmm. we're very thankful mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. But your your passion and your heart are here on this side of the street, would you say? Um, no, I would say I have passion over there as well. I just don't have time mm-hmm. to yeah. cultivate it at the same way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't have. I do definitely have a passionate feeling for that store mm-hmm. and want it to work Obviously, and want it to yeah, be good, yeah. right? I wasn't trying to imply that. No, but yeah. no, I do. And I find that some years I'm more focused over there and mm-hmm. some years I'm more focused over here. Yeah. It's that's how it's been in the last five years. Yeah. So it depends on certain times of year, like in the fall, I work over there a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, in the winter, I work over here a lot because okay. the winter is the time that I make my mats. Right. And I am interested in like, there's a lot of things I want to do over there. Like I would love, but I don't have enough I don't have enough employees or enough help or enough to do all the things I want to do. Like, I think it would be amazing to have a book club there. Wouldn't it be Mm -hmm. great to have a 30 church book club? It would be great. It would be great. Right. So that, you know, we could get together and talk about a book every month or I'd love to do like style nights, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but I really, to be honest, I, most evenings I stop working at five o'clock now. Well, and uh, we were talking before we put the mics on about saying no to things. Yeah. And a full day is a full day to keep working in the evening just burns you out, even if it is something you love. Yeah. Sometimes, especially if it's something you love love. because you're spending so much more energy. Yeah. Yeah. So I am passionate about it, Mm -hmm. but I don't have the time to do the thing, to do all the extra things that I want to do there. Like I'd love to be doing more videos and more fun. And also I, uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's it. As mm-hmm. I, I can't put the same amount of time into everything all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. What is your perspective on the business community in Amherst overall? That's a really broad question I know, but what yeah. comes to mind when I ask it? Well, I don't really know much about what's going on in a lot of the sectors, mm-hmm. but I feel from everything that I hear, I feel like the industrial park is really strong mm-hmm. and it's growing and mm-hmm. it's really healthy. Mm-hmm. It's fun to see what's happening at the Dale's market. Yeah. That's, you know, there's yeah. a place for people to incubate and grow their businesses that mm-hmm. like you incubated there and yep. moved out. Yeah. And, and I think there's, and you know, incubate and stay there yep. too, of course. I think that's really healthy. I, Jeff Bembridge, I just admire Jeff I know. Bembridge so much yeah. because not only what he does and every once in a while I send him a card and tell him, but it's not only what he does as a business leader in the mm. community. Like I, uh, but like taking on the train station, oh. taking on the Duffies, yeah. you know, but also he does so many good things mm-hmm. for people in the community, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I think like when you have people like that, mm-hmm. that really care about their community, I think that's really, there's a lot, there's a lot of beautiful, positive mm-hmm. energy here. 
I, yeah. yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I love Jeff's respect for the buildings that he, I don't want to say takes over, but the buildings yeah. he takes on. Yeah. You know, he has a lot of respect for the buildings themselves. Yeah, he does. He highlights the names. And, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and for the history and the heritage. And uh, he's just such an interesting character. Yeah. I love, I love. Uh, and and just, he's going to be on the show, Jeff. Oh, hear me? He, you said you would be on the show. Yeah. So when I call you, you're going to say, yeah, Holly, I'll be right over. <laughs> <You will. laughs> uh, and, and it's not, he's just one that comes to mind because I'm sitting here and I'm looking right yeah. over at Duncan's. Yeah. But there's all kinds of people mm-hmm. trying and yes. doing things. Yeah. And so I really like that. Yeah. Know? So there are a lot of people in town who really care about our, our community. For I think sure. there really are. Yeah. 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 What's your perspective on it? I'm so excited about our community. I really feel like we're, we're on the upswing. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I came back to town. It's been nearly four years. And I came back. I never wanted to come back until then and then when I came back I was ready and I wanted to be here and worked with you for a little while over at 30 Church and worked with an organization downtown and then I just sort of have felt since I came back like like Amherst is I know we're not just starting out but I feel like we're in the starting blocks of a race like we're just Mm -hmm. all we're all just positioned to start our sprint okay that's how I feel good um because it is it's an exciting feeling because I think there's so much growth happening here right now and i'm excited to be in it i'm excited to be in i want want to say the race but it's not we're not to compete with each other but to to grow i just feel like amherst has so much and i just think there's a lot coming i feel like there's a lot coming Coming, yeah Yeah. i hope that there is and i believe that there's always people who want to i don't know if it's be entrepreneurs but who want to work for themselves and who are willing to Working for yourself is amazing. It's a lovely thing. It yeah. is a lovely it's thing. It's a lovely, lovely thing. It's a little yeah. scary. It is. But you don't get a. You but don't I don't always get a paycheck. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure when I got one actually last. <laughs> Neither is my landlord. <laughs> but but uh, and I don't know that I would have done it if I didn't trip into it. Yeah, because I don't I don't think I would have been like, well, no, that's not true because I tripped into it because somebody knew that I was looking to start a business and I didn't know what it was going to be. But. No, it's exciting. And you don't, you, money kind of almost doesn't matter as much when you can do what you want. You know what I mean? When you're working for yourself. Yeah. In a way, like, I don't worry so much about my paycheck. Yes. It doesn't tell you what you're worth. Exactly. Because you know what you did. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And your and, passion about it and is different. And your worth is going to maybe, you're not really going to find it out for a longer run. Yeah. You need to be patient. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Thank you very much. Oh, it was fun to talk to you, Holly. Yeah. yeah Would you be okay nice with us doing this again sometime? If I oh, come yeah. Over we'll do it again. We can clip on the mic and talk. I, yeah. No, I would I would love to. All right. Well, thanks very much. To All right. Patrick. Thank you, and Holly. thanks for listening, everybody, yeah, uh, here on CFTA. And we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Have a great day.